Hi, I'm Evan Duncan, the Senior Pastor of the Baptist Church of Westchester in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm so glad you found our podcast channel. On it, we'll share weekly messages as well as other resources we hope helps you as you seek to grow and know Jesus. If you want to learn more about our church or see how you can connect with us, visit bcwc.org. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a stairway set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Acts 2.17 In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Well, good morning. morning. And good morning to those watching online as well. Thank you for engaging and worshiping with us this morning. Have you ever been in an in-between kind of space? Maybe between what's next and what's come before, between a job, relationships, decisions, waiting for something, hoping for something, trying to figure out what to do with your life, who you'll be, where you'll go, Maybe you're in one of those in-between spaces now, knowing what came before, not knowing what's to come. Who will we be? I've told you before about the weeks that led up to the day we loaded up our three very small children and dog and trailer and began driving across Texas to get to Pennsylvania and come here in the midst of a heat wave. Before that, Brittany and I had sensed it was time to look for new opportunities. Something for us that our current positions and context didn't allow for. To be somewhere where we knew we were called to be, to be there as the people we were becoming. We imagined where we might go, and we imagined the Northeast closer to family, able to serve people in a more post-Christian kind of culture with more opportunities for Brittany, for me, a context that would work better for our kids and our loved ones. And I talk often about this time of transition for me because I think about it often. It was one of those in-between times, an uncertain time, a nervous time, and a time where God encountered me. So I can remember it like it was this morning. I was walking my dog on the corner of Mockingbird and Bluebird Lanes, and I was expressing all this uncertainty and fear that I had. 
I was saying all of this to God in prayer. I mean, we'd be leaving everything we knew, a house that we loved, friends. Brittany didn't have a job lined up. We barely found a place to live. And I knew I was coming to pastor this church, and this church was about to adopt a statement of non-discrimination that would clearly declare that BCWC was a place for all people, not just to worship, but to lead regardless of age or race or sexuality or gender identity or economic class. And that statement would fit Brittany and my convictions in our study, but it would also mean that many of our church and academic connections would disconnect from us. Pray, God, what if we're making a mistake? And I'll tell you in that moment, I had a mystical experience. Something happened, and it was clear to me that God was close. And in that moment, God bumped into me. And God affirmed that we were doing exactly what we were called to do. Now, you hear this story, and you may be saying, oh, sure, okay. (laughs) I get it. I am a skeptic myself. I am a proud skeptic. I I majored in philosophy in undergrad. (laughs) I like to ask questions and say, no way, I've sat in church services where people said they had a word from the Lord and then they said something that didn't look anything like Jesus. I've seen the worship bands use the light and the smoke and temperature to get this kind of emotional reaction, just the right amount of energy that you can create. I've seen that episode of The Office where the receptionist Pam has a few too many adult beverages at an office function. And she expresses, I feel God in this chilies. I mean, do people really hear from God? Can we really hear from God? Could God speak to me in prayer, in dreams? Could it just be neurons misfiring or overpoured cocktails or indigestions or a calculated or created moment? Today we're going to start this four-week series looking at stories in the Christian scriptures and Hebrew scriptures where God speaks to somebody in a dream. There are all kinds of stories of God bumping into humanity and humanity bumping into God in the Bible. Does that still happen? Can we believe it? Did it? Does it? Let God speak to you and to me, whether we're awake or asleep. Is it possible not just to learn about God or sing to God or express prayers to God, but to encounter the divine? Don't we long for that? A glimpse of purpose and hope and transcendence. Our Western culture has pretty much taken all the wonder and transcendence out of much of our lives. We can make our faith all about knowing the right things, or doing the right things, about being a good person. And yes, those are good things, but you can know things and be a good person without faith. We need something more that tethers us to God. Psychologist and professor Richard Beck says that people who live with deep faith over the long haul are people who cling to these encounters with God. When God bumps up to them in the ordinary And in Acts chapter 2 that we just heard read, right after the Holy Spirit has fallen on the followers of Jesus and the church of Jesus is born, 
Peter quotes the prophet Joel and says what Joel said would come true is happening now through the people of God, the very church that we are a part of, the church universal. He said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Look at the breadth of that statement. No boundaries. By age or gender, all of God's people encountering God. Do we expect to find ourselves in that statement? You don't have to declare whether you fit in the young or old category. That's up to you. But is there room in our faith, in our lives, for wonders and encounters with God? I believe there's not only room, but we're desperate for it purpose and hope and beauty and meaning. We need to encounter God. And as we encounter God, we will find a faith that sustains us in all that we do. The theologian Karl Rahner said that the Christian of the future will be a mystic or not exist at all. By that, I think he meant that as our world gets more skeptical and analytical and industrial and individualistic and is no longer so much in need of religious intervention for food or shelter, no longer in need of religious intervention to be good, that if our faith is just about knowing things and we should learn or doing things or political activism or justice work and we must do those Things, but if that's the content totally of our faith, where is God? <laughs> there is more that animates all that we do, that inspires, amazes, moves, gives us energy. Richard Beck, that professor, says this, it's not the beach vacation mysticism, though we can see God in the beauty of creation. It's not the big megachurch praise service experience that we see God in worship, it is God breaking into the ordinary of the day and training oneself to see. To me, that's the secret. He says that the people that can sense God's presence in the boring, in the mundane, in the dailiness of changing a diaper, mowing the lawn, editing a film, the normal things we do every day, I think that person is on a sustainable spiritual journey. That person doesn't burn out and it just gets better and better. That's what I want. So we'll be looking at these surprising encounters with God that happen in dreams. And I pray as we do over these next weeks, we see how God might be bumping into us. So we start with this famous story of Jacob and this ladder. Jacob was the second son. And from the beginning, he was a con man, a trickster, and he pulls this great trick on his father and his brother, he steals inheritance and birthright and finds himself fleeing his homeland because, well, his brother is angry. His deception has made his reality unsafe, and so he goes out into the wilderness. This is not a person that we look up to or emulate. He has messed up and burnt bridges, and he finds himself in the in-between. Maybe you relate. And in Genesis 28, 10-11, we read this, Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and he stayed there for a night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and he lay down in that place. 
Jacob has left everything he knows and has entered into this certain place. The story will reuse that language for a bit, a certain place. It's just a a place. If this were happening today in our world, we could imagine, I don't know, any strip mall parking lot. Looks like something we could see anywhere. Orphan shopping carts start dotting the horizon, you know, a stray plastic bag, forgotten soda bottles, a place. Jacob lays and rests there by a rock. He's afraid, he's unsure, he's in between, he doesn't know what's next. And then we get verse 12. And he dreamed. He dreamed that there was a stairway set up on earth, the top of it reaching heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and your offspring. Know that I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go and bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. So Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. I did not know it. And he was afraid, and he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This place is the gate of heaven. What a dream. He sees this stairway or ladder or ramp. It's a hard word to translate. It's the only time we find it in the Hebrew Bible. It's probably something like a a ziggurat, a, a tiered ancient structure that had levels that you could walk up and down. And so he has this picture of God's messengers walking up and down. What what could that mean? That here in this nowhere place, he sees that the things of heaven have to do with the things of earth. That there is no divide between God's world, the spiritual and the physical, the mystical and what we touch and see and engage with, they co-mingle. There's a great sculpture of this story in the desert in West Texas. Talk about a place. And I have a picture of that. Um, and it's, it's using the ladder rather than this kind of tiered thing, but maybe we can show it up here. It should be maybe the slide before. There it is. Um, and you see these angels ascending and descending, climbing from just these rocks. Theologian Walter Brueggemann says, Earth is not left to its own resources, and heaven is not a remote self-contained realm for the gods. No heaven has to do with earth. And earth may finally count on the resources of heaven. So Jacob reacts. Because all of a sudden, this kind of con man guy sees that God is right next to him. We get excited about the ladder, the staircase. People write songs about stairways to heaven with really long guitar solos. But the coolest thing in this story 
As he's looking at the steps and then the Lord is right next to him. <laughs> God reminds him of the connection of his father, his grandfather, the promise that was given to them that is now given to him. I will make your whole family a blessing to the whole world. I am with you. I know you feel alone, but I'll be with you. No matter where you go, I'm going to. So he's surprised. God is here. In the ancient world, people believed that, that gods were like in little locations, but this God is everywhere. So he takes the rock he used as a pillow, makes an altar, says this is the place, the gates of God. I love this story because God chooses to encounter someone in a place we don't expect and a person we don't expect. But God bumps in. God is there. God reveals that God is always at work, always around, that the things of God and the things of this earth are not this upstairs, downstairs relationship where that's going on here and we're worried about here, but that they interact. What a story. What a dream. What's the last dream you had that you remember? Can you remember it? My oldest is having a lot of dreams right now and telling them us about them, and they are vivid. Scientists today don't agree much on things about dreams. They're very mysterious. But there is new science that is helping us grasp some of the things that may be happening with dreams. Harvard Medical School professor and psychiatrist Dr. Robert Stickgold is on the forefront of dream science. And he wrote a paper about the effects of the video game Tetris on dreams. You guys know Tetris? It's that game with the blocks and the Russian music, right? I have a picture of it, Tetris. In fact, today, often people will say, if you've experienced some kind of traumatic event, you should go play Tetris before you go to sleep. The Tetris helps people's brains re relax and process. And Stickgold found that when people play Tetris, when they fall asleep, 60% of those people, if you wake them up in the first two minutes, which, like, don't wake me up after two minutes, but if you wake them up in the first two minutes, they will report dreaming about Tetris and seeing the blocks fall before their eyes. Their research has expanded since then. They now use this immersive skiing game with those, like, goggles where you actually, like, do the thing. And they found the same thing happens. When you wake people up after this kind of difficult task of skiing, uh, they're dreaming about skiing. But then he found if you wake them up two hours later, people are dreaming about things like falling or sliding down a hill. Stickgold believes that our brains use our dreams to help us process our challenges, connect new experiences with old experiences, help us deal with our challenges more effectively. He says our dreams process our daytime. I can't help but wonder if we find in the Scripture God speaking in dreams because God is always speaking. But sometimes we need our sleeping brains to slow us down enough to see it. Sometimes maybe we're not slowing down enough to pay attention, to be aware of what God is doing. That maybe Jacob, 
could only see what God was up to when he let his guard down, let go of control. And then the promise to his grandfather and his father came back. God showed it to him, bumped into him and said, Hey, I'm here. I haven't left you. I'm right with you. Perhaps we might ask ourselves if we slow down ever beyond when we're asleep to look for God at work around us. Do we see ourselves in this scripture that talks about dreams and prophecy that God could be speaking to us in the ordinary, the big, the small, encounters with others, the beauty of our world, the eyes of a stranger? I can't tell you how to encounter God, but I encourage you to seek it out to pay attention, to look for where God might be at work because I believe God encounters us. In 1967, singer Johnny Cash was battling addiction, a life that was falling apart. And so he went to Nickajack Cave in Tennessee with the intention of getting lost in the underground tunnels and never coming out. And then the literal and emotional darkness He felt the presence of God right next to him, saying, I never left you. I'm still right here. And then Cash crawled out. Just like with Jacob, he discovered that he wasn't alone. Perhaps this is the first thing we need to remember, to grasp, to dream about Perhaps this is the root of our religious experiences to realize, to be aware, to find the joy. It says we aren't alone. You're loved and wanted and valued. So religious experiences might include voices or miracles, but more often they happen in heightened perceptions and deep joy and senses of peace and wonder. Renowned philosopher and psychologist William James sought to research mystical experiences to articulate what he found, and he did that um, in his lecture, The Variety of Religious Experience. And he said, there are four common characteristics of the religious experience. First, it's ineffable. That means it's beyond words or description. We try to explain it, everybody's like, yeah, okay, (laughs) right? It's bigger than our words can give. Next is noetic which is a fancy word that just means it brings knowledge or sight. We see something new. It is a revelation or a perception that that maybe the world is more loving, more beautiful. Life is more hopeful, more rich. A revelation of God's goodness and hope for us. He argues they're transient. It's a limited duration. And the last one is that they're passive. They are received. You can't just make them happen. They're a gift. Okay, but, but how do we know if it's really God or it's just some kind of emotional or chemical reaction in your brain? I believe God really can and does speak in the ways that God created us in our bodies, our minds, our emotions. But, but we must challenge all of those things, test all of those things 
with the other ways that God has revealed God's self to us. We believe that God most clearly reveals who God is in the person of Jesus. What He did, how He lived, what He taught. And that we've been given the gift of Scripture. This record of how God has bumped into humanity. And so as we see and encounter and seek to encounter God, we can go to Christ and to Scripture and see if there's resonance. To see if what's being revealed to us is more and more the person, the character, the love, the teaching of Jesus. In John chapter 1, Jesus is calling disciples and he engages with uh, this particular skeptical uh, religious man. And this man says, yes, you are the Lord. And Jesus said, very truly I tell you, this is John 1.51, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Do you see it? Jesus is making a direct reference to this dream we just read about in Genesis. But what's different? No longer are the agents of God walking up and down steps or stairs, but the ramp itself is replaced by the Son of Man, that is Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am the bridge. The point where heaven and earth meet is in me and through me. We might encounter the divine. That we might see in the beauty, the love, the service of and to our Lord Christ in Christ's forgiveness and rescue. That we have full access to the divine, that we might encounter God, that heaven and earth collides and we can open our eyes and see it all around. That we might expect it, that we might look for it. Back in Genesis, the story goes on and Jacob goes and does what he's called to, and then he's coming back to the land. Time has passed, and he knows that he'll see his brother again, and he doesn't anticipate that his brother will be happy to see him. Again, he finds himself nervous and unsure. And at night, he has another encounter. This is Genesis 32, 24-30. Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let go of me for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. And the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you've striven with God and with humans and you have prevailed And Jacob said, tell me your name. He said, why do you ask for my name? And there he blessed him. And Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life is preserved. Again, at night, 
when feeling alone, Jacob encounters God. A God that is real enough, close enough, with Him enough that He can wrestle with Him. That He can ask God to keep God's promises. That He can ask God to show God's work in the world. That He can say, help open my eyes. May we pray the same thing. God, reveal Yourself to me. Bless me. Help me. Remind us. Bring peace. So as we go, may we go with eyes open, with hearts open, and may we wrestle with God. Because God is not distant. God is close. Ask. Seek. Knock. Pay attention. Let's pray. God, I thank You that You are a God that is not on the second floor leaving us on the first. But a God who draws so close that we can encounter You, God, and we see You so clearly in the person of Jesus, but You sent Your Spirit to be with us, to empower us, to speak to us, to lead us, to challenge us, to give us visions and dreams. Will You help us to be people who dream? Who expect to encounter You? Who look to see where You might be bumping into us in the big and the little. In dreams and the changing of diapers. In service. In care. In conversation in worship. And God, give us peace. Give our world peace. Bless us. Bless our world and remind us that we aren't alone. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Church of Westchester podcast. If you have questions, want to connect, or looking for ways to support God's work through our church, visit bcwc.org.